This, 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 this is mythical. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Dude, I'm going to 21 Savage with my nephew, Keon, and we are so hyped to see him. You have no idea. Uh, while you're doing that, Nicole, I'm going to be storming through the party like my name is El Nino because I'm going to be seeing some 41. <laughs> skate Punk is back, and it's not Pop Punk. It is Skate Punk, but also they have so many more artists to choose from. You got Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Nicole, you're not ready for this one. <gasps> Who is it? The Kids Bob Kids, baby. No way. <laughs> Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. That's right. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. We're so excited to introduce you to Great Jones. Great Jones makes high-quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that's so stunning, you won't want to put it away. From Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to non-stick sheet pans, they've got you covered. Heck yeah, they do. Their products come in a variety of amazing colors, from classic black and white to pinks, greens, yellows, and blues, and the best part, Nicole... Everything's non-toxic. Josh, I've been in the market for a kettle for months. Yeah, I've heard I've, you talk about it a weird amount. Yeah, I've bought like a bunch, returned a bunch, but I just got my hands on the Great Jones Fellow Kettle collab, and I got it in the color broccoli, and I'm so excited to make artisanal teas and coffees. I'm trying to get on my coffee game right now, and I'm mm. so excited to use a gooseneck kettle. We have no idea. I'm excited to use their yellow hot dish, a.k.a. casserole dish. Shout out to Minnesota and Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, but right. I'm, I'm at that point in my life where I'm like, I'm an adult. I should have nice vessels to serve food out of instead of just serving it on like stainless steel restaurant style things. And I like it. It's cute. It's got a good design. Bakes really well. Holds heat. I'm in, baby. And once you try Great Jones, you'll want to share it with friends. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code SANDWICH. That's greatjones.com, promo code SANDWICH. Everyone knows that not all crispy fried chicken bits were created equal, but which one comes out on top? Today we discuss Tendies vs. Nuggets. This is a hot dog as a sandwich. Ketchup is a smoothie. Yeah, I put ice in my cereal, so what? That makes no sense. Hot dog is a sandwich. A hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> what? Welcome to our podcast, A Hot Dog is a Sandwich, the show where we break down the world's biggest food debates. I'm your host, Josh Ayer. And I'm your host, Nicole Inayati. And Nicole, today we're discussing two, two monoliths in the fried chicken industry. Why are you pitting two queens against each other? Because we have to, because that is this, <laughs> that's the entire point of our pointless podcast. Yeah, but... You know, why you got to make a girl pick? Well, no, but I mean, between nuggets and tenders, I will never forget the first time I was actually faced with this practical decision. I was okay. at a, it was a Chinese Navajo restaurant. Uh, Chinese Navajo restaurant? Yeah, I don't know exactly. Where'd no. you find that one? It was somewhere outside the Grand Canyon in like cool. one of those little towns on, Ooh, on the way. Cool. Um, and gosh, I wish I could like go back and actually interview them and, and write some sort of story because mm-hmm. it must be a very fascinating tale. However, I ordered the sweet and sour chicken and they asked me, would you like tenders or nuggets? Oh, yeah. Interesting. Uh, so what I think what was happening is that they were just taking pre-made chicken nuggets and pre-made tenders mm-hmm. and then uh, kind of tossing them in sweet and sour sauce with maybe a bell pepper or two. <laughs> okay. Um, but I had never uh, I had never been faced with this decision before in my life from a practical standpoint until then. And I will never forget my decision. I said tenders and I never looked back because I t- from, from this day forward and mm. that day forward 
have all his chosen tenders and will all his choose tenders, but I don't know how resolute I am with that. I feel like I am maybe looking to be a chicken nugget convert. I love chicken nuggets so much. You're chicken the nugget nuggets queen. is like my family. <laughs> <laughs> I love chicken nuggets. Okay, well, I mean, why though? Can you can you break uh, down the difference sure. between chicken nuggets and tenders? Sure, definitely, probably linked to my childhood. Good times after dance class, my mom would take me to McDonald's and I would get a Happy Meal and I had four piece chicken McNuggets, and you know that sparks joy. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, it's just the texture of it. I love the spongy texture. It's like a meatball, but breaded and fried and well it's flat. not like a meatball it is a meatball it is to be clear. Well, a chicken nugget is a meatball that's for another podcast <laughs> and another time it's just it's just flat it's crispy it's crunchy and the meat is so soft because it has so many other things other than meat inside of it and sometimes they come in star shapes sometimes they come in round shapes and sometimes they come in boot bell ball and bone shapes wait if people don't know the boot yeah. bell ball and bone thing please explain because I didn't know this until you told me uh, McDonald's has four stamps and it is the boot the bell, the bone, and the ball. And those are just the shapes of the chicken nuggets, man. It's so funny because looking back, (laughs) you look at a a four-piece of McDonald's nuggets and like – None of them are uniquely shaped, and like you, like you said, yeah. they they are, but they they aren't almost. So you they said like yeah. Carl Jr. Nugget, has the star yeah. nuggets yeah. that you look at that and goes, "That's, that's a, a weird, star. that's a star." <laughs> yeah. But then you look at McDonald's and you think like, "Oh, these were hand formed." You know they're not, yeah. but they're all just like slightly misshapen. You're like that one a little bit looks like the state of Indiana. Yeah, that's that one, intentional though. You know what I mean? I know. I think that's like some weird. Like they probably hired a psychologist that specializes Whoa. in like. Like food nature, because, you know, my friend actually, Debbie wanted to do that for a second. She wanted to work as a psychologist for brands for like Fortune 500 companies and be like the psychologist behind it. And there's I'm pretty sure they were like, let's make it look like they're hand shaped. So people think that they're hand shaped. Not that the, I don't know if that's true or not. No, but, but mind, the, I mean, one, you should have been a food psychologist. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Maybe that's like a second act for you. Yeah. You know, even though are this. You, is it, are you telling me I'm fired? <laughs> no, I'm saying like, you know, when the time comes, you know, we'll yeah. have an amicable step. No, uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, there, there is so much psychology that goes into for stuff sure. like that. Uh, and that to me speaks a little bit to why I've always chosen tenders over nuggets. Okay. Because nuggets are these mass produced things. Anytime Correct. there's psychology involved in food, yeah. it is typically preying on children. You yes, know what I mean? Of course. I mean, I've seen Super Size Me. I know that. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah that's yeah. a big thing. It's like using uh, bright colors to attract kids. You think of certain breakfast cereals, they do that. And so for me, I always associated uh, nuggets with like child food. And ever since sure. I was a kid, I wanted to break out of that. Right, I was oh. never the kid that like leaned into kids menu stuff. Interesting. Okay. So, so I would see something on the kids menu and be like, "No, I am seven years old. I am probably the size of an adult person because <laughs> I was a large kid. I would like the steak or whatever." Interesting. And so for me, when I was presented with that fateful choice that one day at this Navajo Chinese restaurant, that looking back, I really wish I would have asked questions. But again, I was a child, <laughs> and I chose tenders. I was making a political choice, Nicole. I guess I was making a political choice, saying that I I am of age to enjoy non-processed chicken that is from a whole breast strip that is, again, tossed in your delicious sugar sauce with maybe a bell pepper. But, like, the thing is, like, the option of chicken nuggets versus tenders are never on a menu. I've never seen it on a menu. But, I mean, now fast food restaurants, a lot of them are getting into both. And, okay. And so so you're kind of like a I'm McDonald's. About, like, sit down, casual. Like, when are you ever at a restaurant? They're going to be like, would you like chicken? Like, on the menu, there's either chicken tenders or there's chicken nuggets. There's never both on the same menu, un- unless you're at a Chinese Navajo restaurant <laughs> outside of the Grand Canyon, I guess. That is true. I always yeah. wonder why, because there's such a big lean into nostalgia, right? At, sure. At, especially, I mean, not like fancy, fancy restaurants, but, you know, kind of upmarket restaurants where, you know, places will charge $15 for a, a bacon jam, grilled cheese, whatever, yeah. type of thing like that. 
a lot of people have gotten into sort of like fancy well-made chicken tenders, but not a lot of people are doing nuggets. Because nugget, you can't mess up a good thing, you know, like chicken tenders. I think you can and you should. I mean, the burger. I mean, chicken tenders, they're just, it's just all white meat, natural chicken. Like when I think of chicken tenders on a menu, I think of a fast food restaurant trying to, you know, get the parents to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're all white meat, no additives, and then the kids are just like, I want the processed meat goo. <laughs> Give you know me the I mean? nuggets. Give me the nuggets. So I, I, there's like this weird, like, again, psychology where chicken tenders are more high class. Yeah. Chicken nuggets are more low class or for kids. But as someone who is a low class individual, you'd think that I would be more into nuggets than I currently <laughs> am. Not a low class. I am a low class, what, what we would call a low value individual. Not like a ton of more, like the, the food psychologists who target me, uh-huh. they would be like, well, he doesn't seem to have a lot of self-respect. And I feel like he could, you know, uh, probably spend money on anything. Um, so, like, if we're really talking about the difference between nuggets and tenders, right? So, chicken tenders, literally the term tender comes from the tenderloin, mm-hmm. which is a small part that is technically part of the chicken breast, but it detaches really it's easily. It's a hanging part. Yeah, it's like a little hanging vestigial organ. Yeah. There's a little bit of connective tissue that, that keeps it to the breast. Yeah. But how many times have you tried to, like, butterfly a chicken breast, say, cut it crosswise, uh-huh. and then the tenderloin just falls off? Never falls off. What, what? do you mean? It falls off for me all the time. You try and butterfly a chicken breast, the tenderloin falls off? Huh? I don't cook much anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I've been butterflying a chicken breast in maybe like three years. I'm sorry. I don't remember. But how many times have you asked for chicken tenders? And it's not chicken tenders. It's just chicken breast cut up into tender shapes. Well, no, that's that's a good point, Uh, (laughs) which is why there's like a difference between what is it? Chicken tenders, chicken fingers, chicken strips. I mean, there's there's not an actual difference. Uh, Chicken strips. (laughs) The the noise, the sound of chicken strips sounds good. Chicken strips to me is the most pleasant sounding of them. Chicken fingers to me is always very strange because I imagine eating a large man's finger like Andre the Giant's finger. Yeah, I think of the chicken growing fingers and I don't mm-hmm, want that mm-hmm. in my Me mind. Yeah. No, uh, who- Imagine a chicken with human-sized palms. That'd be weird. <laughs> That's my sleep paralysis demon. <laughs> yeah. I think Raising Cane still uses chicken fingers oh, as okay. their like thing, but they use chicken tenderloins, I believe. Mm. Which is interesting. But the point is a lot of butchers back in the day, uh, some people only credit the invention of the chicken strip to 1974, which to me seems pretty late. Like People were obviously cutting up breast strips before that and frying yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But that said, that is when it uh, the term. exactly yeah. at some restaurant in Massachusetts. Cool. Um, but it didn't really hit like ubiquity until the 1990s, as far as like being on menus and stuff. But a lot of the root of it, it's the same as the root of chicken nuggets, right? It's here's a little crappy part of the chicken mm-hmm. that is like a little bit inconvenient for butchers, and you know we can't sell to make a ton of money. So let's cut it off, season it really heavily, deep fry it, serve it with ranch dressing and barbecue sauce. And then charge a premium for it. And that's the same with nuggets, right? Nuggets are yeah. all just the off parts of the chicken. Yeah, there's probably some beak in there. There's there's something. There's some there's <laughs> some sort of cartilaginous crap in there. But I don't care because I am an environmentalist and I'm eating <laughs> the parts that no one wants to eat. Oh, now Nicole <laughs> cares about the earth. <laughs> this is what Oh, uh, you're welcome, know? climate change. Nicole's eating all the gross chicken parts in her nuggies. <laughs> Did you know that uh what's her name? Grimes actually said that she's a vegan other than eating hot dogs or something because of that exact reason. That's uh Which is false. Yeah, that's a tough Yeah, yeah. I don't agree I, with, I don't agree with that statement, but like yeah, you know, like, what are you going to do with all the weird chicken bits? I don't know that Grimes and I would get along really well. I don't know. I would love to just sit across from her and have one, like, like I want there to be a situation where we're across from each other at, like, a dinner table, and there's, like, a mediator that says you have to talk about this one subject for the next 40 minutes, whatever mm. subject it may be, and I really want to do that with her. I would love to do, like, a one-on-one improv show with Grimes where the audience <laughs> yells us suggestions, and we just have to go at it. You mean whose line is it anyway? Yeah, just just me and Grimes on whose line with Elon uh, moderating, making the, the and, word. And if, Wayne Brady. If you, 
<laughs> if you thought that the content we make on Mythical Kitchen is, quote, cringe, wait until Grimes and I host an improv show. With uh, no, but what I'm saying is, like, both both have the same roots, right, of trying to use sure. a part of the chicken that was wasted. And the thing about that that is most interesting to me is that, like, you go back to 1962, mm-hmm. and it's something like 83% of all chicken meat in stores was sold as a whole bird. Right? Oh, which is interesting. That's so, very interesting. And then flash forward to now, and that is less than like 9%. Yeah, people don't – the idea of a whole bird kind of sickens people. It does. My sister. I, I, met, yeah. a, I met a girl in college who uh, – we were at the dining hall sometime early in freshman year, and they were serving teriyaki chicken chick, – what? Teriyaki <laughs> chicken quarters? They were serving teriyaki chicken quarters. Quarters, okay. Which is a great fail-proof thing for a dining hall to serve, right? Yeah. Uh, and so I went and got them, and this girl is sitting next to me. I just met her in the dorms, and she's staring down at her chicken. She just goes, what is this? And I was like, oh, it's like, you know, teriyaki chicken quarters. That's, you know, the leg and the thigh. And she goes, are these bones? Stop it. I swear to God. I swear to God. I didn't know these people existed. And I was just like, yeah, it's, you know, it's the whole like leg of chicken. She was like, that's disgusting. I was like, I don't know how to tell you that like chicken is an animal that exists and we eat its flesh for sustenance, which is controversial to some. Yeah. Uh, And then she was like, well, I've just never seen chicken that had bones in it. And she straight up said that she didn't know it was related to the animal. That's a lie. She's lying. She's pretending to be dumb. I don't know what to tell you. There's uh, to, no to way. There's no who, way. Qui bonum. Who benefits? Nicole, who benefits <laughs> from her <laughs> pretending? I don't know. So, I don't know. That's just weird. What, what do you mean? Like, like she never learned that in life? I, I feel like, I mean, I've, I've told this story before. Two plus two is four. I thought ground beef grew from the ground until I was like nine okay, years well, old. Okay, well then. We are, Nicole, col- we are so disconnected. Was this in a college dorm? Yeah. Shut so up. This is, that's different. But we are, this is the point. So 1962, 89% or whatever, or 83% of birds were sold whole in the market. Okay. But now it's literally less than like 9%. Also, about half of that bird meat is going to production facilities for processing into things like nuggets mm-hmm. or like the Tyson any tizers, mm-hmm. you know, um, <laughs> Adele's chicken sausage, mm-hmm. things like that. So we are getting so, so far disconnected from the actual animals we that are. we eat. And Nicole, nuggets are the single reason why we are that disconnected. Ergo, chicken tenders, they are a whole muscle cut. They are good for society. They will bring people back to the land, and then we can start the agrarian revolution. What's it, agrarian? Like, ever relating to agriculture. Oh, I always wanted to be a part of a hunter-gatherer society, and I've always said I would think I would really, like, beast it out because I'm really good at finding little berries and I've, stuff. I've, I feel like you and I would make a good, like, gathering team. I think I so feel too. like in one of those societies, I would be pressured as, like, a, a large, uh, roughly, what is it, mesomorphic-shaped man. Yeah. That they would pressure me to be, like, a hunter, and I'd be like, I'm really more about berry curation. <laughs> You know, I'm really more. I can create a lovely I'll condiment. Go hunt. Fine. How about this? How about you stay and you get the nuts and seeds? Yeah. And I'll go hunt buffalo. Oh my god! I'll like mortar and pestle those nuts and seeds into like a beautiful piece, like a wild huckleberry piece stew. I'll just drag you it know? away. yak. Because here's the thing. I think the thing about hunting, if it was about strength, again, I have no no actual experience. I've in this. never hunted. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't think it'd be about strength. Right. If it was like Josh, go uh, put this buffalo in it's a headlock. Stel- it's about stealth. Yeah, and it's about patience. Yes. I have none of that i have more than you but i still don't have a lot we would be terrible at, at hunting <laughs> yeah, large mind. game yeah if it was a game of strength where it's like josh hit this buffalo with a tree <laughs> you know i'd be like i got it boss uh, i don't want to hit a buffalo with a tree to be clear it's just in in this fictional hunter gatherer society okay back to nuggets though yeah i think nuggets are easier to eat than tenders because sometimes you get that little connective tissue thing mm, and, the tenders. and that kills you oh that kills what a you horrible eating experience that is also Ugh. i would say that 
more nuggets taste better than more tenders. Correct. I have had in Helen Rosner's uh, seminal essay for Guernica magazine in 2015 on chicken tenders. Guernica r- magazine. I think Guernica it's like a is kind of an like, art piece. Yeah, it's Guernica, a Picasso. Picasso. Um, I think it's like a kind of like artsy lit magazine. Interesting. Okay. Anyway, she published this great uh, just essay, this ode to chicken tenders, <laughs> um, and uh, she she used this phrase. It was like the faux elegance of panko. And I yeah. agree. No, the disappointing faux elegance of panko. And I agree mm. with that. Anytime I get, say, like a panko crusted chicken tender, I'm a little bit disappointed. Anytime I get a wet battered chicken tender, I'm a little disappointed. Anytime I get a chicken tender that was not properly brined and soaked in salt, okay. I'm pretty disappointed. I've been burnt by more chicken tenders than I have chicken nuggets because most chicken nuggets, it's codified, right? It's just blended with a bunch of salt yeah, and spices and correct. starches. So you've had see like whenever I eat a chicken tender, I'm not looking at it for like a like a beautiful dining experience. Like that's sustenance, dude. Like I'm trying to shove chicken tenders in my mouth because I might be under the influence of. Uh, I was gonna say one thing, but now I'm gonna say alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> like chicken tenders don't equate elegance to me. Neither do chicken nuggets, though. You know what I mean? Like those foods are not meant to be like a introspected that would not meant to be analyzed in that way so you don't even like if you eat a chicken tender you're you're not trying to look for the crunch on the outside of the double it's dredge. a you're chicken not, tender I, I it's not it's not like a well, that's how we feel london about broil or whatever that's how we feel about nuggets interesting okay. also london broil is like one of the worst i feel like <laughs> it's the thing our parents grew up eating oh maybe i meant beef wellington oh maybe yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> london is, what a trash cut of me yeah, sorry um <laughs> but no i i feel like that's me with chicken nuggets where it's just a pure sustenance food and so many of them are so similar like we've talked about this before I believe that McDonald's does have the best nuggets in the game true just because I think their batter it's technically a tempura batter Mm -hmm. and it is incredibly crispy and light but that said uh, I would easily take a say Burger King nugget or a Wendy's nugget uh, next to a McDonald's nugget and like not feel any type of way about it but there's certain chicken tenders where I'm like the difference between a good chicken tender and a bad chicken tender to me is a gap miles long. Yeah, I guess I've just never looked at chicken tenders in that way. I'm just like, this is oh, this is gotta kid dig deeper. You know, but this is like it's like kid food. Like I don't. You're think saying like, nuggies ain't kid food? Of course they are. But that's I don't look that deep into chicken nuggets either. I just like eating them more. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Josh, talk about World War II and the chickens. What? Well, I- I really want you to talk about World War II. I mentioned this earlier. No, the thing about World War II and the chickens I was talking about has to do with the fact that uh, in 1962, uh, the stats about what when chickens were sold whole versus mm-hmm. when chickens you know were sold 
in their uh, component parts. And after World War II, uh, we get into like the space age when convenience foods foods really rose in America. Uh-huh. And a lot of like canning and processing food technology was literally just made for wartime. Like okay. this literally dates back to Napoleon, actually. Oh, which is really funny. Oh, you, yeah, 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 yeah. You thought you thought we were talking about World War II. We're going back to the Napoleonic Wars. Wow. Uh, but no, like a lot of canning technology was literally for Napoleon's army as they were invading Russia because like they just needed you know foods. And so after every war, we kind of get this big tonal shift in what foods people eat. And no more do we see that than in World War II when people came back. And I mean, one, spam spreads around the globe. Corned beef hash spreads around the globe. It's the reason that Americans don't eat mutton, apparently. Okay. It's because they were given like canned mutton in the rations and everyone came back hating it. And so Americans tried to really rebrand mutton as lamb. Interesting. And then they dropped the legal distinctions on what lamb and mutton is to be like, Mm. so there's a lot of really funky stuff. But a lot of that was also going into the 50s and 60s uh, into, like, the early parts of, you know, the, like, uh, what is it, the the women's sexual revolution. Okay. uh, Where a lot of these foods were seen to, like, free people from domesticity. Mm -hmm. And so that's when you get a lot of these, like, you know, the start of these processed meats. How many times have you heard that, like, the biggest skill you can have as a cook is know how to break down a whole chicken? Fabricated chicken? All the time. All the time. Such BS because whole chickens are more expensive than (laughs) a broken down chicken in a supermarket. Yeah. But whenever you work at a restaurant, it's uh, the quantity, I think. I think when you buy mass quantities of chicken and you break it down yourself, it's cheaper. That makes sense. And then you're also using it for stock and whatnot. But like in a grocery store, which is where 99% of people, Mm -hmm. I've just heard so many Food Network chefs being like, every home cook should should know how to break down a chicken. I don't think it's useful at all. No, me neither. No. Someone did that for you and they did it at scale because it was literally cheaper because of supply and demand economics and they do it better and cleaner. Exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's fun. Occasionally, I'll do it at home just for, like, nostalgia's sake. Interesting. But literally the whole chickens that I find at the grocery stores are consistently more expensive than, say, just buying legs and thighs. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I think fabricating a chicken is whack. I think it's absolutely whack. I think telling people that it's important is whack. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's like, fun to do yeah. if you want it's to use the bones for stock, whatever. It's 2021, honey. Like, what, you're going to save the wingtips? Yeah. You never save the wingtips. I like gnawing on the wingtips, though. Oh. What do you think is a better vessel for sauce? Because this is this is oh, something. This is something. Shoot. Well, I did teach you how to properly dunk a chicken nugget in that video that we were in. For yeah, you, you go uh, front and back. I right? go front and back. That's interesting. Now a chicken tender's too long to do that with, <laughs> because the way that gravity works and physics work, it like you're holding in the middle and the sauce would yeah. just drip. So it depends what kind of saucer you are. I I am a pretty res. Oh, no, I was about to say I stick to the same two, no, but I realize I that I, I have at least four to six. I think I know what you do. You take the ranch, you open it, you put hot sauce and or ketchup in the ranch, you swirl it with the chicken correct. tender, you eat it. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that, no, that's no you're right, you're right, you're right. And then it kind of <laughs> soaks into the chicken tender like a French dip. You leave it. Well, no, it's just if you guys, I stir oh, it very. The stirring. The stirring soaks. Soaks. Yeah, yeah, correct. Okay, got it. <laughs> and then I do barbecue sauce, but then McDonald's, I do honey mustard with the uh, chicken nuggies, uh-huh. and I'll do that with chicken tendies too. Yeah. Uh, and then sometimes I do like a kind of like real mishmash situation, mm-hmm. like, um, you know, like a Thousand Islandy, but with other things added to it. And I'm so trying to think, like, what's the better. I have a sweet pink sauce, a spicy pink <laughs> sauce, a barbecue sauce, and a honey mustard. <laughs> I love honey mustard and chicken. <laughs> Match made in, in chicken heaven. I don't know. Gosh. It, again, it just depends on what kind of dipper you are. Gosh, I do love dipping chicken tenders in ketchup, though. Mm, Very passionate about that. Very passionate about that. It's like little schnitzel bits, <laughs> like just long schnitzels. I love that stuff. Maybe I think 
Chicken tenders are better for dipping. They are. They are. And I think I think so. My reason behind that is after the first bite, you have to you have to bite it and go and spit it out like, like you're a, cigar? a cigar tip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shut because up, then, you don't. No, and then You've well, never I eat done it. That I've never done that, but I eat it. Uh, but, but then what I do? I, I ate a banana like that one, so I just bit off the tip and <laughs> spat it out and peeled it. <laughs> that was for that was for funsies. That was to mess with people. Uh, but anyways, the the chicken fibers within the breast, mm-hmm. right? They're absorbent. Okay. They're absorbent. Think about it. The chicken fibers in the breast, you bite it open and then you dip it in and then the sauce soaks in between the muscle fibers and then you can bite it and go and suck it out. No way. I fully believe that. And then with you nuggets, nuggets, Nicole, nuggets, I can, oh, I can suck the sauce out of a chicken tender. You think I can't suck the sauce out of a chicken tender? Whereas nuggets, they're so emulsified that you're not getting any sauce so, so it's, I can't suck true. on the nuggets. That's not true. You said it yourself that it's a tempura fried batter and you know a little bit of air gets stuck mm. in between there. So actually, mm-hmm. you're wrong because there is definitely a, a pocket of air which the sauce goes into with the chicken nuggets and then it gets sucked and then you can suck it out. Mm. So you're lying. I will say sometimes, I did not perjure myself. Let the record show I did not perjure myself. I will say some of the bell, no, not the bell, the ball nuggets. The ball, yeah. Which to me are the best. Yes. All nuggets should just be circles. Yeah. I, some of them will have a little divot in it, mm-hmm. and it becomes like a Tostito <laughs> scoop. And then I could use that to really load it. And the honey mustard so kind of gooey from all the, like, you know, maltodextrin added to it. It's not from the honey? Uh, no, there's, how much honey, how honey, honey, <laughs> how much honey do you actually think is in McDonald's honey mustard? 4%. I'd say even less. Because no. KFC's honey... They legally have to call it a honey, honey sauce, sauce, and yeah. it's something like twelve percent, and that's in their pure honey. I think it's four percent. I'd be shocked. Honey, and then like thirty percent honey extract. Okay, there is actually more honey in McDonald's honey mustard than I would have thought. How much is it? How much? Well, is- you can't exactly tell, but the main ingredients: water, sugar, soybean oil, vinegar. Which that's going to be any sauce at a fast food restaurant. Uh, and then mustard seed, and then followed by honey, and then corn syrup solids, See? which is interesting. Oh, corn syrup solids. There's hmm. just straight white wine in it, mm. like not white wine vinegar, just actual white wine in McDonald's honey mustard. Get drunk off of <laughs> getting slizzered <laughs> off. The- Getting slizzered at McDonald's on the honey mustard packets. <laughs> um, but that goes back to my point. Yes, tenders are better for dipping, but the the eating. Of a chicken nugget is very enjoyable, more so yeah. than a tender, because like two, three bites, you're done. Chicken tender takes too long to eat. <laughs> <laughs> too big. It's too big. It's like, no, you're you're the reason that sliders became so popular in America. I, love I hate sliders. sliders. Sliders ruin what? They ruin the ratio because the burger, the outsides you, cook so it's quickly. It's the exact same ratio. Have you ever had a slider at a wedding? Do you have sliders at your wedding? <laughs> I don't know. I barely ate at my wedding. Oh, that makes sense. I was the opposite. I was only eating at your wedding. <laughs> Did you? So many people tried to talk to me, and I just had like a mouthful of yakitori skewers. <laughs> and I was like, hi, Nicole's dad. Uh, but no, uh, what was I talking about? I was talking about the idea that on one hand, you can call chicken nuggets kind of gross because they use the offal or whatever. I mean, I don't sure. think they're grinding livers and kidneys in there. Uh-huh. But they're taking just like the meat that's coming off the bones of yeah. the chicken, scraping it and put it in there. McDonald's actually blends skin into their nugget That's mixture. That's why it's so good. That's why it's so juicy and delicious. Yeah. However, if you look at like, you know, blending offal and other unwanted parts into a meat and then, you know, formulating that into something else, that's mm-hmm. called charcuterie, right? Sure. That's what all charcuterie is. Yeah. You're taking the weird parts of the animal. Yeah, like think about a terrine. Think about a pate de campagna, right? Sure. All this stuff. I would love to see like a fancy French charcuterie version of a chicken nugget. I want to see chefs like play with this idea of chicken nugget hood and make it something truly spectacular and out of this world. I know exactly how that would happen. So 
you have a plate of food. It's just it's just a white big plate, okay? Mm-hmm. And then you take a terrine, a chicken yeah. terrine, and you shape it into the chicken nuggets. Like you have a boot, bell, ball, bone, okay? And then and then you just add a little bit of like uh, you like make little divots in the in the yeah. like paste. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And then, and then yeah, come on. You spray yeah, me. Talk to me. <laughs> you spray okay, me. Yeah, tell me about these fancy nuggets. <laughs> Stop, I'm trying to be serious. And then you spray paint it and it looks just like a nugget, but whenever you go into it, it's just like this like like mashed thing inside. You know what I mean? And then you have a little piece of toast on the side. It's like uh was it Heston Blumenthal did that meat he did his, Exactly the meat fruit. Exactly meat that fruit. the tangerine. Yeah, it's uh it's a yes. ball of chicken liver or mousse or maybe it's foie, some sort of I think liver so. pate, one of those, one of those, yeah. Uh, that he what does he does he wrap something around it or does he um, just paint I it? I actually saw a video of someone doing this at home and it's incredibly interesting. I don't remember how it was. But it looks up. exactly like a tangerine, complete yes. with the stem and the little Beautiful. leaf. Beautiful. I wanna do that, but with McDonald's chicken nuggets. As the visual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be good. Now we're launching a whole yeah. like spin-off concept. Yeah. You know? Where it's just things that are disguised to look like fast food items, yeah. except it's like, oh, it's actually a cake, or like a, that that Big Mac's actually a doorknob the whole time, you know? Or something like that. I don't have the artistry nor the bandwidth to do that right now, but someone else can. And if you're listening to this, I am giving you my blessing to do this. Okay? If you're listening. Have you ever made chicken nuggets yourself uh, outside no. of like fancy fast food? Like we did no. that. You never made it? No, I've made it before just because I I like to, I don't know, it's a thing that I do for a hobby at home where I just try and recreate fast food things. I wouldn't say that, but I have made chicken tenders at home multiple times. Yeah. Yeah, but never nuggets. So nuggets are something that you would, would you ever even want nuggets at a fancy restaurant? Or or are you fine completely leaving them pure, unadulterated, forever night in the tired hands of dusk at these fast food restaurants? Forever and ever. Interesting. Always. Yeah. I don't need it. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know what I mean? I guess that that, that might be. Is that the saying? <laughs> is that it? Sorry. That might be an endorsement for chicken nuggets because yeah. I'm someone who I'm constantly chasing the perfect chicken tender. And I do it at home a lot. I love chicken yeah. tenders. I crave them very often. Mm-hmm. It's something that I make at home. But I love the idea of having a food that you already think is perfect from an establishment that mm-hmm. you know where to get it from. Yeah. And that you don't want to change anything about it. I don't need to chase that high because mm. I'm never going to find it. I found it when I was uh, seven after dance class. So I'm this good. is like, you know, uh, the the person who was always into you, you know, and you always rebuffed them. Uh-huh. But you know that they're going to be a steady rock throughout your entire life. <laughs> sure. You know, versus the person you put up on a pedestal. You know, yeah. it's an idea. You don't respect them as a person. I don't respect chicken tenders as an individual. I don't care about their wants are in life or their goals. I'm never going to be able to connect with them on an emotional level. You know, I just need to realize that chicken nuggets have been there for me all along. Is that oh. problematic? <laughs> No. It's a weird metaphor. I mean... I don't know where it came from. I don't know. I feel like this is like getting deeper than it has to be. Do you like chicken nuggets or tenders, sir? Yeah, I still like tendies. I do too. I'll always like tendies, but I'll always love chicken nuggets. I think we can agree to disagree, uh, but know that I hate you and I think you're a bad person. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. 
and it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. All right, Nicole, we've heard what you and I have to say. Now it's time to find out what other wacky ideas are rattling out there in the Twitterverse. It's time for a segment we call Opinions Are Like Casseroles. segment do people still watch asmr videos is that still big and is it still a sex thing was it ever a sex thing is are you into that because this is mr and mrs listener because this is a thing for somebody somebody's it what is that love asmr i like soap cutting videos they get me tingly and behind my ears i'm (laughs) sure all right first up we got at thomas landoni Potato chips lays with a piece of hard cheese on top like Pecorino Sardo is a godsend. That is a salt bomb. That's a salt bomb for me. Um, I like to do this with Ritz. I was going to say, I, I, oh, Keebler Club. Keebler say, Club, baby. Oh, my God. I was all the structure the, of a sartine, oh, all the butteriness of Ritz. Oh, my God. I literally, I went to the grocery store with David, and I said, you see those, <laughs> you see those right there? Those are the best darn crackers you will ever eat in your life. <laughs> and he's like, can we buy some? I said, no. Don't keep them in the house. Yeah, I'm like a gremlin when it comes to Keebler Clubs. Yeah. Uh, no, I, there's a reason I love cheese on top of crackers and that is the cracker gives it a more neutral profile to let the cheese shine <laughs> and so I respect your potato chips Pretty. with hard cheese on top there was some restaurant that was like doing they would fry fresh potato chips and then put like jamon serrano oh, just yeah. in between layers of hot fried potato chips where was this? I can't remember I don't think it was in LA I just kept seeing this pop up on Twitter and then they would shave I don't know if it was like an aged manchego or something I think it was uh-huh. a Spanish restaurant uh, and that looked like a delight to me. That's that a little like a bit, yeah. That looks. But I, I'm I'm kind of a cheese on cracker guy myself. Me too. You yeah, know cheese what? Cheese and cracker the guy most, myself. <laughs> the most uh, underrated cracker out there: chicken and a biscuit. <laughs> I don't like that. It is. I don't like it because it honestly makes me feel like the chicken is stuck in the biscuit, and it makes me <laughs> get <sad>. out, <laughs> get out, chicken. Uh, it's just MSG and onion powder, and it is a tasty. Okay, next up. Murder at Mark says, people who don't shop at Asian grocery stores are cowards. They are the best stores around. Um, I've never understood this mentality of not shopping at a quote-unquote ethnic grocery store because you're scared. What is so scary about entering a store? Yeah. There should be nothing scary about it. They want your money as well. Like, that's the point of a store existing. Yeah. Why are you scared? Like, I don't even know how that mentality works. Like, I don't get it. I just I have heard that sentiment from people, though, who feel intimidated or something. Uh, Go to your local Mexican butcher. Go to your local carniceria. Go to your local Asian supermarket. Go to your local Middle Eastern market. Uh, You'll find so many foods there that you've never had before, maybe, and things that are absolutely fantastic. If anything, I feel like people that work there and the store owners would love to educate you about stuff. If you ask them, like, hey, what is this? I'm sure they'll, like, talk your ear off and love to educate you about stuff. Dude, I I love talking to the butchers at 99 Ranch. Yeah. Uh, And at, like, Vallarta supermarkets. So it's what's really fascinating to me is 
things like the New York steak, ribeye, um, mm-hmm. sirloin, that's like uniquely a sort of American mm-hmm. way to look at a cow. Mm-hmm. And then you go to some place like Vallarta or Mexican carniceria uh, and you get all these different cuts like arachera and, you know, all this stuff uh, that are sure. really fantastic. Even thinking about like suadero. Everyone kind of says suadero is just brisket. It's not. It's like an adjacent cut that's, you know, used mm-hmm. differently. So you get a lot of cool products. Or like uh, I was at this Indian market recently and got, um, God, it was a ghost chili mango pickle. Yum. Oh, my. Holy crap. Yeah, I think what I a tasty to, thing. Yeah, I think I went to a Pakistani store and I just got some cool beans. And I just like yeah. bought them for my mom. I said, hey, mom, look at these cool beans. Cook them. And she's like, okay. Yeah. Su- support your local uh, international immigrant run market. Please. At Jojo Girl 1991, that is a great like aim screen name. Yeah. That is an aim aim screen name that survived. What was your screen name? Uh, Big Ball of Chubs because I was fat and I played <laughs> basketball. Uh, <laughs> Tina's burritos are the best frozen burritos. I think the frozen burrito market needs a bit of a rehaul. Not not to like you know um, abandon the date that I brought to the dance. Right, because okay. Tina's burritos have always been there for me. Nice. And Tina's red hot beef, mm-hmm. I will tell you, is a very t- that flavor profile still holds up. Okay, and I used to like I would cut it in half to let it steam out, so it didn't just burn you immediately. And then okay. I would just basically fill it like a soup dumpling. You know, you bite off soup dumpling and you fill it to black vinegar. Sure, I do that with a tapatio. Nice, uh, and that is a heck of a meal. So I do love Tina's burritos. Also, El Monterrey does good. I was literally uh, going to say El Monterrey is great. They do the, the chimichangas that are really great. Yeah. Um, Tina's, though, are a mainstay, still delicious. But I, I do think the frozen burrito market, I think they need some new players in the game. I used to work with and for Tina's burritos. And they were really nice. That's great. Yeah, but I do like El Monterrey more. Hee <laughs> hee. Ooh, girl. <laughs> Oops. Bad Donut says mayo instead of butter on grilled cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. It's good. I don't know. I, I, I love s- butter, but I sometimes too. the ma- it, you know it just, I don't want to wait for my butter to be soft enough for me to like think the mayo's just there. It's ready. It's good. To That's go. a good point. I mean, it's I always take butter and I just put it directly in the pan. I don't spread it on the bread, and oh, then I fry my grilled cheese in the pan, like in the melted butter do? in the pan. Okay, that's like not that successful though. All the time, it is. I mean, it, it, it becomes tougher <laughs> to manage your heat. Yeah, um, I will say the difference. So what they're talking about, you spread mayo on the bread. And then you griddle it with the mayo on there, and mayo is just a combination, right, of basically eggs, uh, which has protein in it, and oil. Yep. And so that protein kind of makes it just sear up really nice and crispy. Yeah. Butter, though, it's all fat, and it's going to get your bread just as crispy. The difference is butter allows a little bit of soakage Mm -hmm. because there's moisture in butter, and you don't get that protein to really Mm -hmm. crisp it up. Uh, And that is either a good or bad thing, depending on who you are. Yeah. I love my grilled cheese just saturated in butter. I don't. You don't? I like there oh. to be a hard, crisp edge, softness, and then hard, crisp edge. You know what I don't like, though, pretty pretty unanimously, is the cheese-crusted grilled cheese that people are doing these uh-uh, days. Uh-uh, it's not for me. I don't like these cheese-crusted things. I don't things. want my hands to be cheesy afterwards. And to me, it just kind of, I mean, I, I love a good, you know, Parmesan crisp or cheddar crisp, sure. whatever, added in the right context, but yeah. I don't just want this giant blanket of cheese leather. I'm the same. You know? Yeah. You know? I'm on the same team as you. All right, at Mel underscore Ryan, frozen TV dinners are pretty much American commercialized bento boxes. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's really funny, like, reframing certain things in your mind. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, it makes sense. There's, like, compartmentalized foods. You get, you know, the little dessert, the little vegetable Mm -hmm. side, a little maybe a condiment, like a... Some sometimes you get the the turkey TV dinner and it's got Mm -hmm. a little apple cranberry compote Mm -hmm. and the gravy and all that. Um, I was thinking the other day I went to a steakhouse and they have a side that is just this is actually Peter Luger Steakhouse in New York, very famous spot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they have like a side dish that is literally just a sliced tomato and onion. 
Okay. And I got it. It's like $11 and it makes no sense. What? But I just really wanted it to see what it was. And it was just a slice of tomato and a slice of red Unseasoned? onion. Unseasoned? Unseasoned, yeah. And you're supposed to like put their steak sauce on it. And I mean, it was, it was a really good Jersey tomato and a very sweet red onion. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't really justify That's a price so tag. Weird. That's a little weird. But it okay. is a little weird. But I was thinking about it. It's panchan. Pretty much. Right. So panchan are, are the panchan. Korean you know, sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of them are fermented. Some of them are in that fresh, kimchi yeah. family. And then some of them are, are fresh. Yeah. Um, that you get with your Korean barbecue. That's what this was. This is panchan for American steak. It's American <laughs> so panchan. Funny. And That's every funny. and more places need panchan. I agree. I want free food. Punch or like sell a team. I want free food before I eat my <laughs> I food. I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Jorben underscore West says white bread, ketchup, purple onion sandwich sandwich equals my childhood go to snack. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I've heard of people doing peanut butter and red onion sandwiches. Have you heard of that? Peanut butter and onion sandwiches? Yeah, I have. We. Never I don't know if we tried it. I tried it once. Uh, it needs sriracha. <laughs> oh, okay. My friend Brandon used to eat that, and I would just look at him in awe and disgust and impressiveness. Like, what are you doing? He'd be like, try it, and I'd be like, no, I've <laughs> never tried it, so. I have a very high tolerance for raw onion. Yeah, me too. Like, I love when I have warm wasabi. Like, I always mm-hmm. have a side of raw. It can't be yellow onion. It has yeah. to be white onion. Mm-hmm. Very, very good. Yeah. yeah. The the raw white onion that you get, like, at a lot of Persian restaurants where you just yeah. get the white onion, put some, some sumac on it. Yeah. Uh, eat that with the bread. Fantastic. So I, I love this idea. I ate a lot of ketchup sandwiches growing up. Oh. Sometimes I would just do uh, I would do iceberg lettuce, ketchup, and white bread. <laughs> Um, sorry. <laughs> what do you mean I'm sorry? That was a great sandwich. So I agree. This sounds lovely. All right, we got at Sir Kirsten, the tray bake pancake is superior to traditional pancakes, especially for a crowd, so much easier. You know what a tray bake pancake is called? A cake. That's called a cake. <laughs> That's just called, that is a an unsweetened cake. Yeah. Uh, it's which, cake. Which I don't doubt is probably delicious. However, I love the irregularity that you get with traditional pancakes. You get the little burnt edges in the yeah. butter. To me, you need that. Also, aren't they like square? Yeah. Or triangular when you do it like this? Yeah, yeah. I need my pancakes to be circular. I agree. Yeah, can't enjoy it. I'm trying to think of a square pancake. It makes me deeply uncomfortable. Yeah, it doesn't fit Mm. the narrative of my life. No, it doesn't serve me. It doesn't bring me joy. Yeah, imagine. Yeah, no way. Weird, weird. Don't like it. What about like a Star of David pancake? I've made those before. Really? Yeah, of course. Um, Edean319 says, for popcorn, try adding natural maple syrup to the pan once the corn starts popping. I don't want to because it's going to burn. Well, isn't that how you make caramel corn? I don't know. I don't make my own popcorn. (laughs) He said add add it to the pan, and I was like, do you mean microwave? (laughs) Um, I have never, I don't believe I've ever made stovetop popcorn. Um, My husband does. All the time, he loves it. He finds. Does he get Jiffy Pop or does he just have popping kernels? They put popping some in normal... kernels, and then he there's a whole method to the madness. He has a whole ritual around he has popcorn. A whole ritual that's so adorable. He loves popcorn. Like his one snack of choice has been popcorn for like his whole entire life. He loves popcorn. Oh, funny. So I just let him make pop- popcorn all the time, and I just watch him. I'm like, it's good for you to do this. Like I'm happy <laughs> that you have this. Uh, if, yeah, I mean, if this person does it and they don't think the maple syrup burns, then I trust that you can do it without it burning. Because if you get it, like, popping right at that time, the maple syrup's going to kind of just cover it. I'm going to try this. I'm going to tell David to do this. You should do this. I'm really curious. Yeah. I'd add a little cayenne to it. Mm, 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 mm. At KylebTT11, blue cheese crumbles are the best cheese option for a hamburger. I think, I think blue cheese crumbles with a slice of white American cheese blanketed on top. Ooh, is really good because then you really get good. the meltiness and the texture of that white mm-hmm, American mm-hmm. plus the flavor punch of the blue cheese. Yeah. 
And I think that's fantastic. That said, I think there needs to be a product where people blend blue cheese into American cheese and then create an American cheese blue cheese hybrid craft single style cheese. Oh, yum. No one will buy it. I know. I, I know. I would. Not a I would. Well, I have a lot of great. Only person that would buy it. I have a lot of really good food product ideas for me and nobody else. <laughs> yeah, I figure. Um, I'm going to waste a lot of money later in my career trying to bring one of these to life. It's okay. And my, yeah, my artisanal pancake syrup. Business okay. is just not going to go well. I really wanted to do compound butters with Debbie. Yeah, someone, oh, this guy at the farmer's market doing compound butters. This cacio pepe, cacio e pepe butter, everything bagel butter. Oh, he's already got your game. Well, he's got your numbers. Ideas. He's got your number. He has my Google Drive. Joyu88, <laughs> um, fried chicken in any form is delicious dipped in peanut butter. No, no. Way to no. Eat it. You mean to tell me you're taking chicken nuggets and or tenders and putting them in peanut butter? What is wrong? No, no. Please. I can see a peanut butter-based sauce okay. for sure. Like a peanut a, butter-based a, sauce, yes. But, but if peanut butter, no. That's that's tough. Unless you melt it a little bit. Well, I mean, the, the latent heat of the chicken should melt the peanut butter. No, no, no. The peanut butter needs to be hot. Do we have any it. fried chicken in the kitchen? That's very plausible. It's, yeah, right? It's, it's like highly a, plausible. <laughs> I want to try this because um, I'm curious because I can see a nugget being dipped in peanut butter. But can see a tender more the, than a nugget. Interesting. Yeah. The texture, though, of peanut butter is a little too fatty, but it's like taking, like, pure tahini and then turning it into, like, uh, what in Spanish would be tahini preparada. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, like you make yeah. the— but You make the tahini with the tahini. But people will just call it tahini, yeah. right? But the, one of them is a sauce mixed with, you know, water, maybe yogurt, garlic, lemon, salt, etc. If you had that with peanut butter, you know, mix that with— Literally the same thing you would make tahini but sauce with. I'm just trying to take this opinion and understand yeah. the way that they're doing it. And it sounds like they're just doing it with peanut butter, which I don't agree with. But if you heated it up, How do you maybe... even dip? How do you even dip into... You have to heat it. I'm telling you. you, you just microwave in the whole jar of peanut butter? No, the whole jar. You just take like a thimble. <laughs> just heat it up. Uh, this is wild. This is the first opinion that has truly got me to gasp in a long time. Yeah. Uh, which I love because this is exposing me to new food ideas. All right. We got at nat.francesca. Kinder Buenos are underrated in the U.S. Most of my friends don't know what they are. Kinder is a German chocolate brand that so primarily good. uses a Nutella-like hazelnut chocolatey filling in things. Mm-hmm. I also don't eat much Kinder. Um, my Kinder sister-in-law uh, loves Kinder chocolate, and she would, like, import it from Germany, or she would be there for work and just bring back tons of it. Wow. Because I think you can't—what is it, Kinder— Surprise eggs? Kinder Joy eggs. They were banned in the U.S., right? Because yeah. of choking hazards? Yeah, because kids don't know how to mm. eat. <laughs> government <laughs> government doesn't want people to have their Kinders. I love Kinder. I love Kinder Happy Hippos. I like the, the brios. I like the chocolates. I love everything Kinder. It's 90% just... of the time, though, when somebody from another country goes like, your chocolate sucks, our chocolate is the best, and you try it, and you're like, ah, it just it also just tastes like crappy chocolate. It's just like ours. You're not that different. I like the Kinder that has the white stuff inside of it. You know <laughs> what I'm talking about? Is it just like a white goo? Yes. I do it's love mil- white goo. It's, it's, it's the milky. It's yeah. Like the, it's like, it's, uh, it's like sweet and condensed milk, maybe. It's like thickened a little bit. It is so good, but I don't eat Kinders often because it's like a little treat. You don't want to spoil yourself, spoil mm. yourself too much. You just mm. your I like Reese's sticks because <laughs> uh, I'm an American. Dang it! I, I ate Reese's, Reese's sticks. sticks. I ate a Reese's stick the other day and I was like, "Ew, what is Reese's this? sticks? Tastes like a bald eagle. <laughs> They're so dry." Well, yeah, yeah, you got to dip them in Pepsi. All right. And on that note, thank you for listening to a hot dog is a sandwich. If you want to hear more from us here in the Mythical Kitchen, we got new episodes for you every Wednesday. If you want to be featured on opinions or like 
casseroles, you can hit us up on Twitter at MythicalChef or Zada with the hashtag OpinionCasserole. And for more Mythical Kitchen, check us out on YouTube where we launch new videos every week. And of course, if you want to share pictures of your dishes, hit us up on Instagram at MythicalKitchen. See you all next time.